Good morning, Shelley. Good morning, Kat. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, well, thank you. So this morning, what Mm -hmm. are we going to chat about? We are going to chat about trail riding. And getting fun. Yep. And getting getting your horse out there on the trails and getting you out there on the trails enjoying it. So we got lots of lots to say about this. <laughs> yeah. It can be such a big topic. And I think a lot of people tend to forget how much goes into riding our horses out and about. Yeah, actually I was just thinking about that, you know. There's like people are split between those that disregard how complicated it is and very naive and ignorant about getting the horse out onto the trails yeah. and those that have a pathological fear of it and avoid it. <laughs> right? I could nearly fit into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's those that can't think of anything worse because they know how, like, um, yeah. it really worries them because normally because they've had a bad experience or the personality type of knowing the amount of um, lack of control they have out on the trails compared to an arena um, and those that just, you know, all those I want to do is trail ride. Yeah. You know, it really is um, everyone kind of sits along that spectrum <laughs> somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so those people, I think the point of this podcast is those people that just want to trail ride and have no appreciation for the level of training and and complexity behind a really good trail horse and um, want to give them a little bit more of a heads up but maybe preparing for it a little bit better for the sake of their horse and for the sake of their kind of safety and those people that are just frozen by the fear of it <laughs> to give them like a bit of a plan because there's nothing nicer. You like If you had to ask me what my favourite memories are or what I love to do, it's early in the morning in the Australian bush out on the trails. Yeah, like, see, mine might not be bush, but my favourite memory would be just like galloping down the beach first thing yeah. in the morning, sun's coming up. Yeah. Wind in the hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's just different. It's really where you feel kind of really more at one with, I don't know, there's just this connection with nature and the horse and you're out there and, you know, you're out there in, a, in an, well, an uncontrolled environment and it's you and the horse and it's kind of, it's special. So yeah. it's it's really sad if people miss out on that. And I do know that people, you know, when I did a bit of a survey about what people really, like their goal for their horse or something yeah. that was really meaningful for them, I did a bit of a survey, this is over a year ago, and the number one thing people wanted to do was trail ride. Yeah, that's actually what they, that's what their dream mainly was, their goal mainly was. So most people out there are not like going, oh, I want to go to the Olympics, <laughs> right? Oh, they want to actually, yeah, just go on a nice trail ride. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So I think that I need to start off here saying that I do have a bit of a bias because I had a pretty good fall a few years ago uh, when I was out riding uh, on the road and ended up pretty, pretty, well, lost my confidence a lot. Got yeah. Hurt. So what happened? What exactly happened with that fall? Can you run run us through it? Yep. Depends how much detail you want. So I've gone out <laughs> riding with a friend. Uh, mm-hmm. We were riding down the road. It wasn't the best weather and it started raining. So we decided to like turn around and come home. Yeah. Um, And a truck came flying down the road and didn't see us because mm. the visibility wasn't great. Yeah. Um, 
and we'd stepped off to the side of the road, but he's obviously seen us at the last minute, slammed on his brakes, mm. and he covered both our horses in gravel off the dirt road. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, yeah wow. So I had my pony bent round, so her head was to my boot like one round stop. Yeah. Um, but she got a little bit upset and moved around a little bit, and we ended up on top of a bush. Yeah. Um, that got stuck underneath her belly. Um, uh-huh. And then from there it all went pretty downhill. And yeah. I came off the side and got kicked on the head. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yep. You got some pretty nasty injuries and stuff from that. And the road because yeah. you fell on the road, didn't you? Yeah, that wasn't so yeah. much of an issue. It was mostly where I got kicked. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, because there's just more than trails. There's out in the trails, but sometimes you go right on the road to actually yeah. get there or there's a big yeah. part of the road. Yeah, well, around so, here we mostly yeah. – I used to go riding on the road like two or three days a week and didn't think anything of it at the time. And yeah. even if the horses weren't 100% confident, like that's just what we did and we'd go out in groups and it was mm. always fine. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Ah, that's not a nice – that's not a nice experience. Um, I've had a few – experiences out in the bush that kind of taught me a thing or two not like that okay however on two occasions I actually had horses fall over oh no um yeah it was quite interesting so one was um was riding along the um the edge of a road and a car went and it was quite it was it was a road with a very steep kind of um fall away yeah and what happened again car car came along too fast probably didn't see me and although my horse was okay he just stepped to the side but the side of the kind of the hill uh yep. well the Slipped side of the yeah it just collapsed and he like slid down this this incline and nearly like flipped and rolled on top of me but he manages bless him he managed to I don't know how he caught himself because it was a couple of like it was like about four meter down like of a very steep incline and he managed just to slam like he just managed to put his legs to the outside and stopped it um and then I was able just to step off (laughs) because of that and he managed to haul himself up but that could have been that was a bit of a shock to the system. And another one was I was just riding down a hill. Horse was kind of a bit, <laughs> he was just probably a bit too relaxed and just managed to trip over his feet and do a roly poly. Yeah. On me again. That was so hitting the hitting the really hard gravel and stuff like that from that. So that kind of shows you that things can happen out on the trails. You ride horses, things can happen. Um, the I one think... where chips over was a little bit like because he was actually too relaxed and I was too chatting away. So you know, <laughs> kind of keeping the horse's mind on the yeah, job. yeah, and sometimes keeping their head up and exactly. I was just chatting balance. away and dawdling and stuff like that. And yeah, he just went head over turkey. <laughs> yeah, so that was a bit of excitement. So yeah, think... there's our yeah. What were you going to say? Being involved with the horse industry and talking to so many horse people sometimes means that I hear a lot of stories that don't add to my uh, good experiences too. <laughs> well, let's have a talk about what we can do. Well, first of all, let's just talk about, you know, what you wanted to talk about is that yeah, trial riding and getting a horse good on the trails is way more complicated than most people realise. It's high-level training. It is. Mm-hmm. So. Let's start with this quote that I've got here from Buck Brennan. Yeah, yep. It's one of my favourites. He says, these folks who say 
nah, I don't need all that fancy riding stuff. I just want a trail ride. That's like saying I'm going to go die out in the trees instead of in the arena. Yeah, that's such a great quote (laughs) from him. And, yeah, when people say, oh, no, it's just this one that will be a trail horse. I just want to buy a trail horse, (laughs) you know, or, oh, it doesn't matter. He doesn't need all that fancy stuff. It's just going to be a trail horse. And it's like let's just dig into that because let's just go through what a trail horse needs, okay? First of all, you go for a trial ride. It's normally for a period of time. It's not like a five-minute ride. Some people can go out for, you know, a couple of hours. A few hours, yeah. Therefore, it's a bit unfair if the horse is quite unfit. Now, you know, those people just pull their horse out for a trial ride once in a blue moon. You've got to understand that's like kind of like, you know, going to like a hardcore gym class, you know, three times a year. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) all those people that want to go for like a 10K hike and they've yeah, got absolutely exactly. no fitness before they do that. Exactly. Yeah, they get on their horse's back and make them go and, you know, that yeah. can really be an uncomfortable experience for that horse. So the horse needs some fitness to cart you around, do the distance, protection on its feet, all those things we always yeah. talk about. Um, but also it's like it's important that they will ride in a good posture because they've got a, you know, if they're carrying you pretty poor for hours, that's going to potentially lead to discomfort, but pathology yeah. and things like that. So, you know, just at the very basic level, you need, um, you know, you need the horse to be quite fit, you know, be able to, you know, operate and carry itself and you know how to direct that horse to carry itself well. But also things like tack needs to fit well. Yeah. <laughs> and and feet, which you know about, you know, the horse needs to be able to um, remain sound while it clocks up those Ks for you out in the bush. Um, so that's like that's bare minimum. Yeah. And then you need that level of control, yeah. you know, out on the trails. You want and... to be able to put your leg on and the horse moves when you ask, when you mm-hmm. ask it, mm-hmm. in case you need it to happen right when you ask yeah. it. Yep. And you need to be able to control. Now, this comes from Mark Rashid, okay? He says you got to, there's, there's the three things that you've that you got to be um, in charge of with a horse, like you've got to be in control of. The direction, the yep. speed, and the destination. So you've got to have a good control. That's your call with the horse is yes. the direction. So they've got to be able to have good steering wheel. Steering's got to be responsive. Speed. Okay, so you can control that, whether that's to go forward or to not go fast, and the destination. So, you know, those people go out in trials and all the horse wants to do is either turn and go back home or race home when it knows when you turn the corner, it's off, ready to get home. You need to know and, and have skills in being able to make sure that all those things are kind of well-oiled and well-tuned in the horse, you know, so that all those things, if they don't work, create a lot of risk out in the bush yeah so there's lots of components to to trail riding in terms of training and preparing the horse yes agree agree (laughs) i'm just like thinking about it because i'm so can you explain a little bit the difference between direction and destination yeah, okay. So direction is just like if you want to ride over there. So that's really your response to um, the response to direction. So the response to whether the bit or bitless or whatever. Yeah, so you yeah, pick okay. up the rain. It's really all about, and as I go on about all the time, is you have to 
teach the horse to follow the feel, right? And what that means, feel is like either by indirect or direct feel in terms when you're riding, it's more direct feel. So when you pick up that rein, the horse is motivated to, to go in that particular direction to that extent of you picking it up. The horse will follow it without any resistance. It's motivated to go that way. And, and then, yeah, where the destination is. So you might just say, you know, uh, you're heading towards the gate in your arena, right? Yeah. And, yeah, okay, well, the horse wants to go to the gate as well, but will it keep carrying on past that gate because you want to go there, you know, or is it going to stop at the gate? So you can be yeah, going in the direction, yeah, but the yeah. destination is still relevant because it's what's yeah. motivating that horse to go that direction. Yeah, so that's kind that of speed. the motivation. Exactly. The motivation yeah. has to be their understanding and their willingness and their confidence to follow you. Yeah. Okay? And that's what you've got to do and that's what people don't really get. And it's, it's, look, I can't really, I think following the feel and the concept of feel, I've looked around and hunted around and I really cannot find a better definition or description to try to get the idea of what that means. Yeah. we got to tune horses up to know what, what when we touch them when we're in the saddle and put our legs on or pick up that rein that they're very aware what that means yeah and willing to follow it yeah okay but also they're not going from cue to cue because i think that's what happens in some people's heads yeah is like they ask it to stop they ask it to go forward you know they ask it to stop again the thing is that it's not just go stop go stop there's go travel with you and then stop it never stops it's an endless thing it's a conversation that doesn't stop it's like i'm saying individual words to you but you're not disappearing in between them yeah you're waiting and you're following on we're having a conversation you and i it's communication that's right and it never stops and this is actually important to understand about trail riding because when people trail ride and a lot of the problem that they fall into with trail riding is that they put their horse on the trail or out on the road and they disappear. <laughs> They're like, you just keep going that way. Yeah. When you ride, and this is the biggest, this is this is like a discovery I had a number of years ago now when I realised the importance of having in your mind, and it's that whole concept of staying present and being mindful, that actually means that you're riding somewhere. Your conscious thought is riding somewhere. So many people get out on the trails and go into neutral and just expect the horse to walk down that trail by itself. But to the horse, you just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that awkwardness of having a conversation, you and I having this conversation, and then suddenly I go silent. (laughs) That's awkward. I feel like I do that to you sometimes. My brain goes 100 miles an hour. Yeah, but you can't. That's, that's what happens to people. And yeah, it can, um, first, it can disappear because of three reasons, okay? One, um, the person's so busy focusing on what the horse is doing and micromanaging and correcting it. Yeah that where they're actually going doesn't actually function into their thought. So the horse is lost but just gets this person that criticises them all the time, right, yeah, correcting yeah. and correcting and criticising. But the whole thing of following, giving the horse something to follow, 
is not there. It's like me having a conversation, but we're not actually talking about a topic. I'm just talking about how you said that word. <laughs> There's just random words coming out. Yeah, just random words yeah. coming out and it's stressful, right? Or you the, say random words and I just tell you you're wrong continuously. Yeah, wrong, not good enough. Can you speak up? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> can, we, can we have a conversation here? You know, like when we're talking about this topic, those little things, if I get a word a little bit wrong, well, just let's move on, you know, like yeah. let's just go on. Um the next thing uh, that they do is fear, okay? So when people have lost their confidence, uh, when the fear centres are triggered, when people feel vulnerable, insecure, threatened, um, unsure, um, what can happen is that the fear centres of the brain actually take your cortex, your frontal lobe and everything where, you, where a lot of your conscious, uh, when your thoughts and everything kind of your, your conscious ability to control what you do what you do gets kind of taken offline yeah, and you just go into this kind of reactive state. It, it shuts it off. So your ability to think and be out, be out ability to remain present and mindful and all those things, you actually, it, it doesn't operate properly. So yeah. when they're very nervous, that's what happens. But a lot of the time people are just completely and utterly, and I think for myself, I actually just never thought of it. I think the picture yep. in my head was always just doing a circle or doing a line. Like I didn't realise I had to pick a point and ride there. Like no different, and I, and I do this with people, no different than when you're walking, like go into a shopping centre, walk somewhere. Yep. You're going to a shop. You're going to that shop. You're walking there. You're navigating the people in the thing and stuff like that. You've, you've actually got to, you've got to like kind of be watching. It's this, just like when you ride a horse, it's no different. They're your legs. They're no different than your legs. You don't just shut off and let your legs just walk off by themselves. You're conscious of them. You're connected to them and that's what has to happen when you ride. You've got to look up and you've got to ride somewhere. And in my coaching in Ridden, you'll hear me look up and ride somewhere. It's just like the most common thing that comes out of my mouth. In fact, sometimes I feel yeah. like just putting that on repeat and selling it for 50 bucks. <laughs> we can have a bumper sticker, can't we? Yeah, look up and ride somewhere. Yeah, and choose your circles wisely. That's the other thing. <laughs> choose your circles you wisely. You only get so many circles. Choose them wisely. Yeah. That's right. Or my other favourite one is stand your ground. <laughs> stop, stop letting the horse lunge you. Stop. <laughs> stand your ground. That's another thing that comes out of my mouth <laughs> a lot. Yeah, so, um, yeah, getting back to trail riding. So when you trail ride, you've got to have a horse that's with you. So you've got to have a foundation of training on that horse. Now what that means is you've got a horse that's pretty relaxed and understanding of this whole whole riding caper. They ain't bracing because you're going to pull on their mouth or unsure or unmotivated to respond to your legs. You know, you need you need a good foundation on the horse, um, a horse that's with you. And so, you know, when you train a horse, I explain this to people in clinics, that what we're creating is a bubble between you and the horse yeah. where the horse listens to the feel, the direct and indirect feel that's coming off you and shuts off all the other th- potential things that can influence their behaviour outside of you and the horse. So, you know, a kangaroo can jump through the bush, you know, or uh, a car can go past, but the horse remains with you. Like even if it gets a little bit startled by the kangaroo, look at it, 
and then you haven't changed, you're still there, so they'll come back quicker. So instead of it turning into some kind of massive wreck, they, they stay yes. there. People, and I think some yeah. one of the things that I got I heard once that I was like, oh, my gosh, it makes so much sense, is the amount of tension that's there before the spook yeah. will be the amount mm-hmm. that they react. That's right. To so that. that's Yep, that's why you need the horse. So a horse that is cool with being ridden and is and really understanding and you've cultivated this thing but because this is the level people don't necessarily get to the level of learning to how to teach the horse to follow them. Yep. They don't get it. They have to learn how to do it. And that's why I teach people. I teach people to teach horses to follow them in the round pen and then I grow it up through the, um, through the levels of the foundation. But yep. then you also need the horse to trust you. Now, trust is built over time. As I explained to people, it's like a marble jar and you've got to trust the horse and the horse has to learn to trust you and you've got to have all these experiences with the horse where you put marbles in the marble jar, okay? And that means for trail riding you need a lot of experience, you need a lot of exposure to different trails and pushing it and a lot of time that you invest and cultivate this, this, um, this connection between you and the horse that remains between you and a horse in a bubble where the horse trusts you to stay in that bubble. It it's understands and is motivated to stay in that bubble and has confidence and trust in you to remain in there because when it follows you, they're okay. Yep. Yeah. So when you go out in the trails, right, you do have horses which people have to understand. They're designed to live in one environment, Okay. They're, they're very set off. They're, they get triggered with change in the environment. It sets them off. They don't do it deliberately. It's automatic reflex in their head because it's part of their kind of how they've evolved to protect and defend themselves, that they're very heightened awareness of change in their environment, um, way more than we are, okay? They can detect change. So when you go out onto the trails and there's all this area they haven't seen before. They are like trigger, 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 yeah. trigger, trigger, right? And that all stacks up on itself. That's right. How do you do this with a horse? How do you get them to stop being triggered? It's not from freaking desensitizing them with tarps for 16 years, you know, or, you know, or clicker training them to touch objects and give them a lolly, touch objects and give them a lolly, touch objects, give them a lolly. No, because you're never going to be able to touch everything that the horse will experience. You can't. And And it's not even touching everything that they experience, but it's touching everything that they experience in the environment that they're going to experience it. There's just so many factors to it. It's more than that. You've got to get this horse that will, um, that you've, that you have, that has gone through enough experiences where you've exercised that part of their, um, their minds and their brains of you've got to grow that muscle for them to be able to tolerate and accept and process changes in their environment better than they're naturally born with. Some yep. are better at it than some horses are better at it than others initially, but a lot of training and a lot of exposure can help horses. Okay. So you can't rely on these tools. People just seem driven that they think they can desensitize the crap out of their horse and therefore their horse won't respond to the rabbit that jumps out or the bird that flies out, or they can bloody target train and get horses, you know, really good with novel objects and stuff like that all the time. You can't. It's not like that. You, you can't take that horse out of them. You've got to expose them and work with them through it. Um, and when you're conscious of what you're actually doing, then it can actually, um, you know, you grow that muscle within them. You grow that relationship and that, 
thing that we go and label connection, which is so bloody wafty out. In fact, one day we'll do a whole podcast on that topic of connection and what that actually means and stuff like that. But you got to cut about it. But the thing is you can, you can, you can. can. It's just you got, it's, it's, you got to be smart about it. Um, you got to understand them. You got to set them up for success. You got to have a good foundation of them. You understand that the more relaxed that horse is with you, the less reactive and um, you know and easily triggered, and the horse will be okay. So that's what you got to cultivate, and then you just got to time and be smart about how you expose horses to to trail riding and or anything that you want to do with them. Yeah, so. That really discusses the horse side of it, what you need to be able to, to do, and there's, you know, processes for being able to do that. However, the thing that I want to touch on the most is the biggest problem when it comes to trial riding. What do you think that is? What am I going to talk about now, do you reckon? <laughs> I feel like we even discussed it earlier and I cannot remember. Is it the people side? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. People. people. <laughs> okay. Most trial riding I do is pe- it's people training. Okay. So, um, as I said, first of all, you've got the fact that people just shut off. They get on those trails and they just mentally shut off. I also think there's an aspect of that where people have an idea in their head of what trail riding is meant to be like. Yeah, And they're like, we're going to get on and we're going to ride from point A to point B and then we're going to yeah. ride from point A, from point B yeah. back to point A in a straight line and my horse will do walk when I tell it to walk and trot when I tell it to trot. And other than that, like, we're good. Yeah, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be this idyllic kind of thing yeah. and then they We're go going for a horse. lovely walk in the bush and I'm yeah. just here to enjoy the environment and the horse yeah. is going to enjoy the environment and it's going to be peaceful yeah. and beautiful and, yes. Yeah. And then the person ends up learning to be spooked of everything more than the horse. <laughs> so then, of course, they're going out in the bush, they've got a fright, they then start realising the horse starts looking at this and looking at that and then they go, oh, my God, you know, this is a danger. Then their brain starts looking at everything as well and then yeah. their emotional tone and vibe they're setting off in the horse is that we're about to be eaten. <laughs> and get a die. As I tell people, right, it's like when you ride a horse, this is who you have to be with that horse. You have to be the person that you would feel confidence from and safe with to walk down a dark, scary alley in the middle of the city in the middle of the night. Who would that person be like? Are they going to be that person that's creeping along, looking at everything, jumping at everything? The answer is no. Would you be the person that keeps turning around and looking and going, you all right? Are you all right? Are you all right? Well, that person's not going to like put any confidence in you either okay because you can tell they're worried about you and therefore they're worried that's not going to help you want the person that just walks down that alley not flinching not looking but in the in the absolute belief that they're okay you want that person that's the person that makes you feel better about stuff not the person that's 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 jumping before you do and looking really nervous or the person that keeps going are you all right you, oh, my God, are you all right? Are you worried about that over there? Oh, my God, are you worried about that over there? You know, oh, you don't have to be worried. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. You know, that over-reassuring person that doesn't reassure you at all. Yeah. So that's who you have to be with a horse. And as I tell people, it's right, okay, all right, that kangaroo over there, is that a man with an AK-47? No. 
This is a kangaroo. Kangaroos kill? No. Well, off we go. <laughs> it's not going to kill. That's what you've got to say to yourself. No one in here, no one on this trap. We're okay. There's nothing here. That's just a tractor in the distance. It's not going to hurt us. You've got to have that. You've got to carry. That's got to be reassuring. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's right. You've got to be that person. And you just got to think about it. You've got to focus on, well, it's just a tractor. I'm okay. We're okay. And as I teach people to say to a horse, another thing I say besides look up and ride for it is, you know, you're okay. We're okay. Let's go. That's what you've got to say. Even if you have to say that to a horse, come on, we're all right. That's okay. You know, another thing I teach people to do is like, if you're worried about that kangaroo there or that tractor in the paddock over there, go say hello, like wave to it. Go, hi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hello, kangaroo. How you going? You know, and then keep on walking. It's amazing how, you know, just something silly like that can click your brain into going, yeah, this is a kangaroo. Nothing to worry about. We're right here. Off we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, people just switching off is a big thing. Um, and so what I do is I've got to teach people to remain switched on and ride somewhere. And to also be switched on and cultivate this, the horse following them, right? Yep. And then what they got to do is they got to stretch that, their ability to focus and continue riding somewhere and to get the horse with them. And out on the trail, sometimes you can have a moment where something happens and you'll lose the horse. You got to be able to get skills to get your mind back and the horse's mind back. And I'm going to tell you how the trick that I get people to do to teach them. And it's the um, most amazing, um, most amazing pattern of them all, which is the figure of eight. Yeah. Okay. Figures of eight are gold up your sleeve. Okay. I always get people to learn how to write the best goddamn figures of eight of their life. Why? <laughs> like your life eight, depends on it. Like your life depends on it. You got to write a bloody good figure of eight. And why I say that is when I say you got to write the best goddamn figure of eight of your life, that makes people very conscious of what they're doing. Okay, it makes them look up and it makes them ride somewhere. And that's so it creates the mindset that the person has to have to be able to get the horse connected to them and following them. Then um, also the pattern, the figure of eight, and it's just a small figure of eight to get people to do because you get the horse on a small figure of eight and then you expand it. The other yep. thing is it's, it's a shape that gives the person some security that they've got the horse controlled. But okay, we're not so, overdoing just the same no, circle again and again and again. No, no, where the horse can fall out or whatever. You're changing mm-hmm. direction and it's that moment of changing direction that's changing a conversation that's getting the horse that just keeps triggering the horse back to you, yeah. back to you, back to yeah. you, back to you. Then I teach them to be patient and wait it out because even if a horse is lost from you and over there, just keep riding that figure of eight because they will come back. Yeah. They will come back. Just keep yourself very focused on that figure of eight. Only look at that figure of eight, keep your mind on that figure of eight and just keep riding it. So, um, yeah, that's the benefit of it, that ability to contain the horse without containing the horse, uh, the ability to just trigger in with those conversations to get the horse's attention by that change of direction is important and, um, and gets the person focused and back and present and mindful and all those things they need to be so I teach people to stretch stretch their comfort zones out of an arena or you know down the driveway or whatever by using figures of eight 
but always making sure that they don't expand the figure of eight or expand the distance from their comfort zone until they've got that horse with them. So I had this beautiful morning um, last week out with a really lovely client who's um, got a, a lives on the most amazing property and wants to trial ride. And, um, you know, she's only got a young horse and that's what we did. We got the horse with her on a saddle in the round yard and then we stretched out of the round yard and then we just kept stretching it, stretching it, stretching it into this massive paddock. Yeah. You know, and rode all around the paddock and, you know, there so was a So do you moment... bring it back to the round yard or do you just find a new comfort zone? No, well, what I did, if the horse gets lost, you can always go back. So yep. if you lose it, you can always just start making your way back. It's always there. But what I find is, is when you do this, you can just keep stretching it and yep. stretching it and it does work. And you're, you're, and also setting goals for the day, your day might be just out of that round yard or just out of the arena. It just might be to the, um, you know, it just might be six metres from your stables, you know. But I got her to work the horse first. We worked the horse first and got the horse really relaxed and really with her and really responding really beautifully. And then we went and stretched it. We went and yeah. stretched that connection by using figures of eight, okay. And we were able to stretch it down the paddock, you know, stretch it all the way. Then there was a moment where there was a bit, there's a lot of where they are is a few wild boars, yeah. Okay. Around and I think one probably made a bit of an, um, you know, there was a bit in the bush in the distance, and the horse went, gave the whole investigative re- reflex of what is that, you know, the what is yeah. that reflex, and um, you know, we just were quiet, let her have a look until she kind of, you know, my way of handling it, which is the whole thirteen seconds, you know, yeah, just yeah. letting her have a look. It was quite. Can, a can distance, you explain so. that thirteen seconds for me? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So. Um, what happens when horses sometimes they're triggered um, and it's a reflex within them called the investigatory reflex yeah. and it's where they're triggered to investigate something. Yeah. Okay, so it gets their attention and they can't, they, they can't do anything but they've got to look at it and examine it. And what um, from the research is found is that investigatory reflex lasts for about 13 seconds. Yeah that they will analyse it, their brain will analyse it for threat level and you can actually see it get switched off. It's when the horse grows to 18 hands, <laughs> you know, that feeling yeah. and you feel their heart beating, that's an yeah. investigatory reflex. And so this is where when the horse training, my, my greatest horse training song, which is the gambler, which is you got to yeah. know where to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away. Yeah. This is where you got to make some really decisions and understand what's going on. It is something when you try a ride you got to know about, okay, because something does trigger the horse. Um, the further away you are from it, the safer than <laughs> if it just pops up because the horse's yeah. natural things want to get away. But when the horses get triggered by that, first thing you can do is just be pretty quiet and let the horse just have a look, count to 13 seconds. Yeah. Because I guarantee you what will happen after 13 seconds, as long as it hasn't decided it's about to die, um, which just hang on to your monkey strap. <laughs> right? <laughs> Right, if something, if something do, do happen, you know, but most of the time, like 95% of the time, if you just let them have a look, you will notice that after around 13 seconds, they would dip their head in and look away, and but then they'll look back again. Yep. But as soon as that they the horse will drop its head and dip back again, that's when the reflex is switched off. Yeah. That's when it's like, okay, not going to die, but not a bit wary about it still. So they still might so be a bit wary. So that's when you could ask them to walk forward That's again. right. That's when they can work forward. So you just walk forward onto a figure eight, get them back with you, just relax, yeah. use the shape, focus your mind, 
just goats. No one with an AK-47. We are cool. You know, we are cool. We are cool. Even if the horse might naturally take itself a little bit further away than what it might have been triggered by but just work your figure of eight don't matter it does not matter anyway we just let her have a little bit of a look but then walk the figure of eight and she got a little she left she left um the mare left her owner just for a few seconds it wasn't long but then we just worked through the figure eight and she just came back beautifully you know and then it's like let's just keep trucking you know we walked all the way around the property you know, stepped over a few logs and stuff like that and just stretched it all around. Then we noticed when we started heading back, she got a bit faster. Yeah. Right. So, again, just figures of eight getting a wither. But I also said, you know, the important thing to do now is we don't want to, like, walk home quitter. Yeah. Because that kind of motivates. That's, that's, the, that's Absolutely. the destination potentially controlling the yeah. speed. So we just made sure we went back in the round yard and did a bit more work. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't just getting home and quitting. We just did a little bit more work. So there was not that kind of motivation there for like, oh, good, I'm nearly done. It's carrot yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, still a little bit more work. So it's all part of the deal. Yeah. So something that I want to add in there that I heard once that sat really well mm. with me was you have to be there for your horse to come back to. So if they That's leave correct. you mentally... Yeah. You can't give up and leave and get afraid or no. anything else because they've got nowhere no. to come back to. That's Where right. if you stay present and calm, yeah. then they can leave for a little bit, but they've got somewhere to come back to again. That's right. But and that... they learn to do that quicker and quicker. Absolutely. But that's easy to say. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but that's why I get them to do figures of eight. I train yeah. them on figures of eight. Um, yeah. That the figures of eight, you know, the best goddamn figure of eight of your life. And I get them, I get people to put them through so many simulations with that. They work out this horse will come back. Yeah. This horse will come back. This horse will come back. Because what are your options? You know? <laughs> this is very like true. Patty, what you are just your options? Do something. You normally people's reactions is they just want to. They just start pulling on that bit, and it's just like, man, that's the worst thing you Let's can do. Let's talk about the options, Shelley, because there are <laughs> other options. Okay. All right. All right. Give when us one. Shit. There mm-hmm. is absolutely nothing wrong with getting off your horse. Oh, my God, absolutely. And that's my next thing I do with some people, you know, those people that really struggle to stay present full stop is like I tell them they go walk their horse out, walk that trail so you can see it, experience, learn to lead your horse and your horse to follow you physically, literally through it. And if you feel yourself disappearing and, you know, a moment comes and you just feel yourself disappear from it, Um, You know, this is another conversation I was having with someone the other day and they were saying they were being criticised by the people they ride with for getting off their horse. There's no shame in it. It's way better to come back alive and have got off than to come back dead but still on your horse. Yeah, well, as they said and what they explained to their friend, it's just like, but I'm no longer there. I'm not coping. I've been triggered and I will not help this situation at all. But if I get off, I become untriggered. And that yeah. helps the situation. So I've got a beautiful story of another one of my clients whose really dream, her entire dream with horses was is to have go out on the trails. And she lives in the most magic, beautiful place in Queensland on beautiful property connected to amazing trails. Lovely. And um, she got a lot of grief because her horse was a bit funny about water, crossing water, yeah. and there's a lot of water on her place that the horse has to cross. Anyway, she didn't care because she really – She's really just taken the time to find to follow her dreams and establish what she wants. And she just led a horse out 
many, many times and got a mind on the job of going out on these trails and knew every inch of the trails walking it with a horse yeah. and how good a horse was just following along. You know, sometimes to start with, she had to do a bit of groundwork with the horse because he got a bit up, but she handled it all on the ground and had this great, you know, this, this great kind of experience of the trials without riding. Then she'd saddle the horse up and she'd ride for a little bit. She'd get on and off. So she had like she made herself a little trail. She knew where she could get on and off and she would just ride to certain places and stuff like that and get on and get off. Anyway, when it came to water, because the horse was not confident, she'd, you know, she'd see if he'd cross and he'd go, oh, I'm not sure. So she'd go, that's all right. She'd get off and lead him across. She yeah. didn't care about her cowboy boots. Her cowboy boots were not as important as her trust, this horse's trust in her. Yeah. So what happened <laughs> didn't take very long of her doing this. She asked him to cross and off he went. Yeah. Anyway, she was so proud that not that long ago she was riding with a friend and they got to this very deep section. Their horses refused. What do you reckon her horse did? He walked led them through, through it. it. Yeah. yeah, he walked through it. And it was just like, there you go. There yeah. you go, people. You know, that's how, that's how it's done. You know, she protected that trust in the horse and she didn't give a crap. She wasn't releasing the pressure or letting the horse win. She just goes, he just struggled with that. So I just showed him he was all right. And so he had all this experience of like, well, I'm all right. I'm all right. Oh, look, I'll give it a go. And he went across. Yeah. And then he's just unstoppable now. You know, but she says, I don't care. If he ever tells me, you know, one day he can't cross something, I don't care about my cowboy boots. I'm leading him across. And isn't that sometimes the like that's the opposite but your ego gets in the way sometimes where people yeah. are like I can't step off my horse or they're gonna win or they're gonna show me yeah. up or whatever yeah. else but it's look, not it's not at all yeah there are some look there are some situations where someone was I, was touching, I talk about trial riding a lot as you can tell by me going well I was having this other conversation <laughs> the other day and it's normally from men um telling me that yeah but sometimes it's da- more dangerous to get off than to ride through it and yeah. look, sometimes that is, there is truth to that. Sometimes Absolutely. you get where the horse is really up and pulling away. And But you if know, you've done your groundwork, that should be right. the case. Yeah. So what happens when people say that? They always give me scenarios. What happens if you're on a cliff and something comes the other way? Like, <laughs> what do you do? And they put you in this situation. And the thing is, is like you need that. You need the horse to have this level of control in it that's within it that yeah. even if it gets overawed or worried, you can get them back yeah. um, because that programming's in them. You goddamn need the programming in you. That's why yeah. I get people to practice figures of eight. That's why I get them to go out on trials. Mentally, I need you to have go-to things that you'll automatically do when you can't think. And riding on a cliff face That's right. is not going to be the first yeah. trial you go just out gotta have, Yeah, you've got to be smart. And the thing is, it's just like, well, if your horse was worried about that, why the hell did you, you know, that's not prepared why would you for put it. Yourself, stop, stop. Set yourself Do, up for success. Yeah, that's what, you know, and what my beautiful client does that just dreams of trial riding and has managed to create her dream. Um, she just was patient and took her time and, um, you know, clocked along doing a little bit more, going back, fixing something, doing a bit more. It's just time. So, yeah, some of course you go out in the trials and things can happen like a horse fall down a cliff on me and fall over and, you know, if I had things jump out at me and stuff like that, there's some things you cannot kind of stop and that's kind of the acceptant things that when you ride a horse, there's risks to it. There's inherent risks. Yeah. You sign up for it. 
but there are a lot of risks and a lot of situations that are based on you making good decisions that can reduce that risk. And there is nothing wrong with turning around and going home, going a different direction, getting off. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes, but it does depend and, um, you know, and you've got to be able to identify those moments and make a call. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it might be the wrong call, but that's horses. That's the deal. And that's you know, like, look at what happened to you. Look at what happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not only was it not, there was a few bad moons aligned mm-hmm. that create that was that was. But the, there was things that I could have done differently too. Yeah, and you can probably think of that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's been yeah. lots of reflection on that. Don't you worry. <laughs> so okay. So interest, cat. Give us the reflections. Uh, what are they? Um. Well. Probably wasn't the best day to go out riding on the road, even though we had fluoro vests on, like with the weather and that sort of stuff. Yeah. The visibility yep. wasn't the best idea. Yep. Um, I probably should have got off my pony and held her. Yeah. When I just sat there and stayed on her. And yeah. also um, we ended up, because the truck came around the corner pretty quick, one of us was on either side of the road, so the horses were split. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. So maybe if they had each other a bit closer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about your horse's level of training that you had on it? How good was it? Could have that been better? It was actually pretty good. It was one of my own personal horses. Yeah. And, f- I mean, of course, looking back and would I do things differently now? Yes. But with the level of experience I had at that time, I think. Yeah, that- it was still pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. good. So it was just some decisions really about the ride. Yeah. And about where you positioned yourself when that truck went by. Yeah. Yeah. It was just some bad, but yeah. So there are some things on reflection that you can kind of form some learning out of it. Absolutely. And it, yeah. I wouldn't be where I am now without it. Like it sent me on this massive journey of horsemanship yeah, and confidence and self-development yeah. that I wouldn't have done without it. So, yeah. Cool. It's pretty exciting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So I think, yeah, that's really what I've got to say. So, you know, you want a trail ride and, you know, but it is something you've got to train a horse for and be thoughtful about them for. You know, you've got to do a lot of preparation work. You need a, a solid foundation on the horse is best. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then there's training the horse and giving the horse lots of experience and stretching them out and building their confidence and stuff like that. And then there's you. Yeah, you got to work a lot on you. I think yeah. that's the great thing about horses. Everything is just working about on you. you. It is. It is. They're very easy. <laughs> very easy. <laughs> um, you know what they put up with and stuff. It's it's understanding that what's going on in your mind impacts them massively, massively. Your thoughts in your head, um, massively, and that. You know, you got to learn for them to, they're following you and they're following you all the time. They're following those thoughts in your head. You need to give them a clear direction about where they're going. When you're riding them, they're your main focus. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, you know, people go out on a trail. So the other last little thing I'll say, you know, they just want to drop the rein and chat to their friend. Okay. You got to remember the horse has to be kind of very well trained to be able to do that. But, you know, that can again get the horse lost because you just want to chat to your friend. What you should do when you try a ride, when you're training a horse, is you should ride actively somewhere. So, you know, ride to a tree, circle it, 
you know, ride to a bush, circle it, leg yield over to the side. You know, keep asking yourself questions. It helps the horse. It helps you. So yeah. that's my last tip. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Shelley. No worries. Good chatting. But don't forget your trial ride can just be down the driveway or it can be from your arena to the gate or it could be in one of your paddocks. Yeah. You know? It could be you leave the arena, the, the arena gate open or the round yard gate open and you go five metres. Yeah, you walk out of it or not. It could be Some... you... It could be you driving to somewhere like I know here. I mean, I'm in Perth at the moment on a bit of a clinic tour and, you know, the State Equestrian Centre in Brigadoon has these wonderful polo fields. It might be the polo field. Yeah. You know, that's a good kind of place to start. You know, it might be somewhere completely different. It's outside of an enclosed space. <laughs> that's what it is. And it can be as short or as long as you want. Start there. Sounds good. All right, my friend. It's been good chat. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. No worries, Kat. Have a good day. See ya. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to Canter Therapy. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure you leave a rating and a review where you're listening to this podcast. If you'd like to find us on Facebook, we're at Canter Therapy Podcast. You can find Shelley on Facebook at Dr. Shelley Appleton, Horse Training Coach, or she has a fantastic group called Calm, Willing, Confident Horses, where she's been doing weekly lives. If you'd like to find me on Facebook or Instagram, I'm at Forenza Park. Have an amazing week, guys, and make sure you hug your ponies. <laughs>